ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Hello, everyone out there. Today is going to be a little different. I I think I'm going to title this episode brain dump. I'm just going to dump out everything that's in my brain. Before I start, though, I do want to remind people that if you can't listen to the show live each week, like my mom and the rest of the ladies, then you can find Don't Ask Me to Talk wherever you might listen to podcasts. Spotify, yes. Google, sure. Uh, Apple, of course. Um, So look for that. Or you can text D-A-M-T-T to 55678 and you will get sent to you details about where to find the podcast. Now, I'm trying to get people to sign up for this texting piece because eventually I don't want to send tons of things to people's uh, text threads and drive them crazy. But who knows? Like, maybe somebody's going to come on the show. And if you get the text, then I can be like, hey, here's a coupon for 15% off of Dingfelder's Delicatessen or, I don't know, something, um, a contest. Somebody can have uh, some of mom's dishcloths. Who doesn't want some of mom's dishcloths? Um, Amy Harrison, who's a client and friend of mine, she keeps talking about mom's dish towels. So anyway, so consider texting D-A-M-T-T to 55678. Get in early and often and you'll get show details. I promise I will not text you a million times. Uh, Also, if you would like to connect, maybe you have a comment or you have a question or you just want me to take a breath, especially during today's show, you can feel free to call in. The number is 425-373-5527. You can find me through my website, which is stacyconnects.com. So I already warned Eric when I came busting into the studio today that I don't have a guest. The guest that was supposed to be here is going through it. And so I decided that as my mind was whirling, that I would invite you all behind the curtain to see how my mind works. So it's going to be a bumpy ride. (laughs) Is everybody ready? So first, I'm going to start with the guest that I was going to have. Let's call him Kevin. Seems like a good name. Uh, So Kevin is somebody that I met. He works construction. He has been working on my house, uh, among lots of other projects. He does an awesome job, uh, tradesman, painting, tile, all that kind of thing. Big fan of this stuff. All those people out there that aren't sure what they want to do when they grow up, consider the trades. You'll be busy for life. Um, anyway, young guy, late twenties, um, lots of tattoos, you know, kind of like if he was a character from Winnie the Pooh, he would be Eeyore, you know, lovable, 
but there's kind of a black rain cloud hanging over him. And so because I'm me, I chatted him up and learned a whole bunch about him. And one of the things that I learned is that he actually did time in Texas for selling drugs. So I asked him, so when you say selling drugs, are you talking like meth, heroin, uh, cocaine, pot? Um, And are you talking like kilos? Are you part of a cartel? Like, you know, is it street? Like I asked him these questions because if you are a longtime listener, you know that I love asking questions and I'm not afraid to. And so he and I got to talking and no, he was not selling vast quantities of narcotics. He was selling weed, um, has a son trying to figure out how to make money. I suspect maybe not a lot of role models in his life um, and a lot of opportunity and got caught and did two years in the federal penitentiary. Now, this like breaks my heart. So I'm like, you need to come on my show and we need to talk about this. Because here's a guy that um, is selling drugs illegal. You betcha. Should he be punished for that? You betcha. However, he is stuck in this federal prison with these inmates that have done far greater, more violent crimes than he. And to survive, he talked about the gang culture that permeates prisons and that you kind of have to, like, pick who you're going to be a part of, even if it's not necessarily your core beliefs, you need to protect yourself. So, of course, this was fascinating to me. And naturally, I was like, you've got to come on the show and talk about it. And he um, he texted me today and was like, listen, I can't come in. I'm going through a hard time. I'm, you know, I'm not sure if I'm even going to have a place to stay. I may be homeless soon. And it just underscores the point about prison reform and the things that are going on, because here's a young man, again, did something illegal. He doesn't deny it. He's trying to hold a job, support himself, support his son, and his hands are tied every step of the way. He is trying to work a full-time job. However, he has court-mandated things that he has to do. Of course, are they at convenient times for someone that, say, works a seven in the morning until five or six o'clock at night job? No, of course not. They're in the middle of the day. So kind of hard to tell your employer, hey, by the way, three times a week, I'm going to need like an hour and a half to do these court mandated things. So then you get behind on that. Um, Then in terms of trying to find a job, once you have it on your record, it's really hard to find uh, steady employment. And people automatically look at you a certain way. So you run into that, Uh, trying to find housing, anything. It's on his record. And it's not like it's on his record. Like even with, and I may be wrong about this um, because I'm just, again, brain dumping here. But I know that even with um, sex offenders and pedophiles, there's like degrees. It's like you can go if you're buying a house and look up like, are there any sex offenders in my area and you can look up like what level they are and 
I don't think that they have that for somebody that's done prison time. Like, you have to tell your story. And how many people are going to stand still long enough to hear your story? They're like, listen, I'm a good guy, bad role models, bad choices, but like trying to make my way. So then, of course, that leads to anxiety and he's dealing with that and mental health and trying to get a job that you can get benefits. Well, that's really hard because most places, again, aren't going to hire you with a record. And so you don't have access to health care, physical or mental for that, for that matter. And it's just a whole cyclical thing. And at every turn, you try to do better and something comes crashing in. And it's hard. Last week, I talked about my whole thing about elephants in the room. So I'm talking about the elephant in the room right now. And, you know, my heart is just breaking for this guy. And simultaneously, I need to maintain boundaries because you know that I, in my heart, am like, oh, come and stay with me for a hot second. Like, it'll be great. I can't do that. And so... Uh, All I can do is be supportive and let him know that he's worth uh, continuing to try and that he needs to do whatever he can do to um, continue to value trying and making that happen. So then, of course, that makes me think about my homeless guy. Um, So in Seattle, Issaquah, Bellevue, where... I am where we record. Uh, There is lots of homeless. I mean, there is homeless everywhere. I think probably the Pacific Northwest, because it's a fairly uh, mild climate generally. I mean, you know, a little rain never hurt anyone except for the Wicked Witch of the West, which is ironic, actually. Um, And so there are... What a world! What a world! (laughs) You know, I met her once. She was like the grandmother of somebody I went to school with in elementary school. Oh, the actress? Yes. Did you know that uh, years later she appeared on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood uh, because she was still freaking out kids that were traumatized from seeing the Wicked Witch? And so she came on, you know, looking very normal. Uh-huh. And he explained the difference between a movie and reality. I love and, that. Yeah, it was a really nice segment that's That is a good if, segment. If you I, you know, yeah. Mr. Rogers, like, what a guy. And and it's it's funny, though, because obviously there was, I'm sure, prosthetics or whatever and makeup. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she was there dressed as in, you know, street clothes, not dressed up as the witch. And she's talking about how they did the whole thing and whatever. And she's someone's grandma, but you can't help but look at her and be like, that's the witch. Ah, my pretty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Um, so. Anyway, tangent. Tangent. See, this is exactly squirrel. I knew I could rely on you, Eric. So back to the whole reason I brought up the Wicked Witch of the West, which is water and homeless folks and whatever. So there is this one particular guy in uh, Issaquah where I live, and he sits in the same location. And for any of you that are local uh, to this area, he sits on Black Nugget between Fred Meyer and Home Depot at the top. And he's usually sitting on a bucket. He'll have a sign. Sometimes he's like, hey, a sleeping bag would be great or um, a propane tank, um, which sort of makes him seem like MacGyver. Like, you know, I don't know what he's what he's doing. Um, but he'll ride his bike in the summer. He's sitting there and he'll like whip off his shirt. He's got long hair. 
I get the vibe that maybe he's a veteran, but I may be like making a whole story up about him. I'm not really sure. Um, but when you see so many people around, there's different approaches, you know, like get a job or I'm not giving you money. You're going to go spend it on alcohol or call your mother or whatever it is, the story that you tell yourself, like me thinking this guy is a veteran. Um, I have always had this philosophy of like, whatever the spirit is in the moment, like that's how I'm going to be about it. So with this guy, he's my guy. I don't question what he needs the money for. I'm not worried about if he's going to spend it on drugs or alcohol. I've just decided that's not my problem. This is my guy. And so I see him regularly. I saw him this weekend. I was picking up Starbucks and from the location in the Fred Meyer parking lot, I could see that he was there. So I had already ordered. And when I went up to the window, I said, I know I already paid, but can I get like a drip coffee or something and a snack for the guy that's up on the corner? And they said, oh, you mean Paris? And I was like, Paris? What do you mean? They said, oh, yeah, his name is Paris. So when Paris gets some money and it's cold, and rainy or whatever, he'll come down to Starbucks and he'll get a coffee. And they know his name and they know what he likes to drink. And so they made him his, whatever his favorite drink is. And uh, I got him a panini so it would be warm. And I had uh, a, like a rain poncho. So I gave him a couple of those. I always have him in the car. And I rolled down the window and I was like, Paris, here's your favorite drink. And I swear, he was just like, who is this woman? What is going on? And I, he recognizes me. He waves to me. And yes, he waves to everybody, but he like, he knows me, you guys. Um, And it's so nice to not have him be my homeless guy anymore. It's Paris. He's a person. And, uh, That is just a really nice thing, uh, humanizing this guy. And as I said, um, I I see him all the time. I think if the the crew from the show Queer Eye came, he'd be the person that I would nominate because I think he's really cute under all of that hair and the beard and the whole thing. I think that um, he'd be... A really attractive guy. And I would love for him to come, if anybody actually knows Paris, um, besides his name, I would love for him to come on and talk to me about his situation. Like, not from a place of judgment, not from a, why do you choose this? Or, you know, what happened to you? There are so many different people that are homeless for so many different reasons. Again, think back to my guy, Kevin, who is supposed to be my guest, who is living paycheck to paycheck and may end up being homeless because he can't find a place to stay. Um, So anyway, so because Kevin couldn't come, I asked Grace, my daughter, and her boyfriend Chase if they wanted to come on the show. Chase is visiting from the East Coast. He surprised Grace last week. She had no idea. I knew that she had no idea because um, I asked her if she would come to the airport under the guise of picking up a friend of mine, And um, I could go in the carpool lane if she came with me. 
but based on, um, of course, she looked adorable, but it's like she didn't put in the effort like, I'm going to see my boyfriend adorable. And also she didn't clean her room or the bathroom. So those are like telltale signs that it's like, you know, something's going on. And so he completely surprised her. She was totally shocked and super jazzed. And so when I said, hey, do you guys want to come on the show? They politely and respectfully declined. And I'm thinking, yeah, that probably tracks like your your chase and you're visiting, which is enough. I mean, you're across country and your girlfriend's mother on the radio in front of her 11s of listeners is going to be like, so what are your plans for when you grow up? What do you plan to do? What are you going to do with that? What do you think about this? Um, talk about being under the microscope. So I get it. I get it. Um, and they are actually thrifting. So Chase, uh, he is in grad school at Fairfield. And by day, he's doing, I think, marketing analytics. And he, by night or whenever he has free time, he has, um, he's working on a clothing, I don't want to call it a clothing line because it's really one-off unique pieces. And I notice a trend with this generation. Uh, his is called Atelier de uh, Baptiste. And this generation is so much more aware of sustainability. So they thrift far more so that they leave less of a carbon footprint and they're not buying more. They're more aware of uh, as much as they consume fast fashion. They're also like buying it and simultaneously like shouldn't do that. Um, and so he is he thrifts pieces and he customizes to make them his own. And so he's been having a grand old time thrifting throughout Seattle and finding things that are different than the East Coast. So it makes me laugh because when I grew up, I didn't thrift. I have since come to love thrifting. There's some amazing thrift stores that are in this area um, on the East Side. You know, I mean, just going to like Value Village or Goodwill or some of the curated thrift stores and consignment stores. There's some amazing things you can find. Um, and I have really come to love that. I love a good find. Mom, she had an axiom that she lived by and that I was raised with, which was, why pay half when you can pay double? That's right. I know what you're thinking. That's dumb. Uh, but, you know, growing up, the idea of, like, going to a mall or, like, you know, you could save with the coupon uh, from Macy's and get 25% off. She was like, Ugh, then I'd have to drive to the mall. Yeah. She, uh, not such a fan of that. And. But you do save money by not going to the mall. You do, except <laughs> then. So when I was in high school. So there is a logic to that. Well, there is, except that then we just spent the money elsewhere. Okay. Right. So, you know, like I went to then like the little boutique shop or she mom did a lot of shopping in New York because we were close to New York. So she did. I will say she did 
half the shopping maybe that the average shopper does and always bought quality items that last a long time. However, she definitely paid double, maybe triple. Um, now, speaking of mom, this is a big deal, and I want to give her time about this. So after last week's episode uh, with Gary Malcolm of Key Growth Coaching and Consulting, every week I call mom after the show. It happens every week. Want to know what she has to say. I swear I'm going to start taping it because... She has a very funny commentary. Um, it's a post-show analysis. It is the post-show analysis. <laughs> like, it's a whole thing. Um, you know, if there's a man on, sometimes she'll be like, is he cute? Um, last week, I she called Eric to talk to him because he had mentioned that he's a lapsed Catholic and mom wanted to encourage him to rethink that. And Eric is a good sport and took it in stride. And took it under consideration, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, that's the most missionary work I've, I've seen a Catholic do <laughs> in my lifetime. I know they right? were notorious for it back in the olden days, but, you know, right now Catholics are pretty laid back. It's like, you like us? Fantastic. You don't like us? That's up to you. Well, and mom's thing is that her faith has been... Which is something I've, I've always thought was cool about yeah. Catholicism, that there's not a lot of pushing it on people that aren't interested. Right. And, and you know, for her, it's, like, been such one of the foundational pieces of who she is and her relationship with herself, her relationship uh, with my father, um, us kids, the whole thing. And it's always been a huge source of comfort, um, the whole thing, like— it's it is one of her great loves um, besides dad and us kids. And so I love that it's like she's not trying to push it on. It's like, this is so great. Like, and I like you so much, Eric. Like, you should like this, too. Um, and I love that, you know. Um, she was very gentle and nice when I when I say, you know, missionary work. I'm right. just kind of kidding. Right. I know what you mean. Um, But the really big deal is that after last week's show, I'm not sure what it is that we were talking about. um, But mom said to me, by the way, I have told you forever, you know, your father and I have always loved you. We told you how much we love you. Could never express it enough. You never really fully got it or believed us or were secure in it or whatever it is. And she said, and I realize, though, that I don't think we ever listened to you. And I was like, I I think I need to pull the car over. Like, this is like, this was a huge thing. And, you know, she said, loving you is like it goes without saying almost like it's sort of like, well, of course I love you. And I can tell you a thousand different ways what you needed is for us to listen to you. And so that from my mother was like Christmas, Easter, my birthday, anniversary, like retirement party, 4th of July, everything rolled up into 
won. And it was so, uh, so authentic and so easy for her to say. And it was a huge moment for me. And I just want to say, thank you, mom. I really appreciate it. Um, I, it was such a big deal. I was speechless. <laughs> That's a first. So um, anyway, I have more to say on the matter, but I've already been talking for almost 30 minutes without stop. So let's take a really quick break. And then when I come back, I will continue to brain dump with all of you. We'll be right back. Don't ask me to talk. Hi, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin, host of This Show Is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show Is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuiper Counseling. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I have not stopped talking uh, literally since birth, but for this particular episode, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, I decided just to give you a tour inside my head to see the tangents that I can go on. And one thing just keeps dovetailing into another. Uh, before the break, I was sharing that um, mom had um, had acknowledged that, you know, gosh, we probably should have listened to you more. Um, and what a big deal it is. And it made me realize that it's so important to keep talking to the people that you care about. Because you never know when what you say or how you say it is going to land with them. And, you know, people that think like, oh, I can't talk to, um, like, what's the, is it the Cat Stevens songs? Is that who it is that does the father and son song? And the cats and the cradle. Cats and the cradle. Is that what we're talking I about? I think so, where it's like, he's like, um he does the two parts. He's like, he does the father part and the son part. And he's like, um, settle down and get married. And then he's like, you know, but yeah, but that's for you old people. And I think it's cat's cradle, cats in the cradle. Maybe it's father and son. 
Well, I don't know. There's a lot of songs like this. But right. If you're thinking of Cats in the Cradle, that's Harry Harry Chapin. Yeah. I, I We're going to have to look this up. Um, do me a favor. Will you look up Father and Son? As a song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so the point being, this particular song that I'm, I, I'm thinking of, if it's not, is there one? Yes, there is a Cat Stevens song also. That's what it is. Father and okay. Son. Okay, so in the Cat Stevens song, it's like the father is saying, like, you know, basically, get a job, settle down. Um, if you want, you can get married. And the son is like, you never listen to me. Let me do my own thing. Um, you know, back off, Dad. <laughs> Definitely not what is being said, but I'm paraphrasing. So it's like this age-old thing of, like, trying to talk with people. And you're trying to, especially if you're going on a different path, and you're like, they're not listening to me. And so I just want to encourage people to, like, keep talking. Somebody's going to listen. Um, even if you have to pay someone, <laughs> whether it's a therapist or, I don't know, a radio station or um, whomever it is, it kind of helps you work your stuff out and figure out what it is that you want to say. And it's important to know that you're never too old to be heard or too old to listen. So, um, which then leads me to my own show. So don't ask me to talk. I celebrated a year of doing the show and really felt like um, I have all of these people in my life that I have met and that are interesting to me. And the word that I keep referring to, my goal for the show, is that it is edutainment, meaning educational and entertaining. That's that's the goal here. Um, and having the show and sitting behind a microphone and talking to nobody and everybody, mostly Eric, <laughs> um, it is very comfortable for me. And it's then made me realize or helped me realize that, like, I want to help other people tell their story. So then working with other clients, uh, some of whom actually have shows here on KKNW, um, for instance, the show is all about you with uh, J.D. Winnikin. Um, that's on Mondays from 3 to 3.30. Um, the At the Root with Greg Kuyper. I actually co-host that show. That's on Mondays at 3.30. Um, the Money Seat, I'm not on that show, but I help uh, Ross Krauss with that. Um, Plateau Partners Pulse, uh, Eternally Amy, Um there are a whole bunch of different shows and there's so much out there for you to listen to and it's hard to decide what you want to listen to and what's going to entertain you and that's something that I love trying to figure out like my thing is if it's going to be entertaining or educational to me then chances are there's going to be other people like me um you know, I, I want to be educated in an easy way that doesn't feel judgmental. I like to have stories told to me. I was a big parable person. Like, that makes sense to me. Um, you know, using examples or analogies or metaphor. Um, 
And it's just a kinder, gentler way to uh, educate people. Don't you think, Eric? I mean, what are you supposed to say except for yes, I guess. But No, I totally agree. It's just, it's a way to, like, for a perfect example, uh, this week I'm in a networking group, a BNI networking group, and I have to give an eight-minute presentation. As part of this group, each week you can give a 30-second presentation or ask or add or whatever you want to call it. And throughout the year, you have the opportunity two, maybe three times, depending on how big your group is, to give an eight-minute presentation. Every time I do an eight-minute presentation, it is the worst. For somebody who likes to talk, I cannot figure out how to explain what it is that I do. I have way too many ideas going. It's all over the place. Maybe it's witty or I add like, you know, pom-poms or sparklers or something so that people stay interested. But it's so much to take in. And that brings me to I'm so much to take in, thus my brain dump, Um, and really trying to figure out ways to connect with people. So for my presentation this week, I'm realizing that I need to know my audience, and focus on the thing that they want to know about, which in this case, what I do for my B&I group or what I talk about is my podcast business and all of these shows and like, so you think you want to do a podcast? Um, You know, you have a passion for fly fishing? Great. Let's talk about that. Um, You know, do you want to do a series for marketing purposes that you have on your website to increase your SEO? Great, let's talk about that. Do you want to try a season of something and see how it is? Um, Are you like me and you could probably run 24 hours? I could do a filibuster. Like, isn't a filibuster when you're on, like, the floor and you just keep talking nonstop for hours so that nobody can do anything? That's what it was originally, but nowadays it's all just a formality. Submit an email saying, I intend to do that, but not doing it. Well, I so, would I yes. would do it. <laughs> like maybe I should be like a filibuster for a hire. There's definitely talk that it should go back to that. I mean, for sure. I could go on and on and on and yeah. on, right? Yeah. I mean, you've witnessed this. Um and so, you know, I that is what I'm doing at B&I. You'd with, be up there reading the lyrics to Father and Son. Right? And then like <laughs> paraphrasing and being like, and then he said, and then she said, and then the mother was like, just give him the keys to the car, honey. He just wants to go out with his friends. <laughs> yeah. I could totally do it, too. It's not time to make a change. Exactly. Just relax. Take it easy. You're still young. That's your fault. <laughs> right? I, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a you good song. You could do song. the Bill Shatner kind I, of I, you know, thing. <laughs> I could. See, you know what? You're going to have to be like my, um, you're going to be my roadie for the filibuster show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I keep coming up with these ideas. Our, um, our um, college that I talked about and um, our now the filibuster thing. I mean, although I don't know that I want to be called Buster. I'm more of a busker. So maybe I'm a filibusker. Huh? People will throw a uh, change into your uh, suitcase. Honestly, I'll take it. Just to get you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the filibusker. <laughs> Probably. 
pay me to stop. <laughs> exactly. Don't ask me to talk. <laughs> no, That's we're right. begging you to stop talking. <laughs> um, anyway, so... That's the thing that I focus on um, and helping people that, you know, want to learn more about the idea of doing a podcast. Not everybody should do one. I'm not convinced I should be doing one, um, but that's here nor there. I just love having a format to talk about um, all of the ideas. And there's so many creatives out there that where's the outlet that you have, the inventions that I come up with? The problems I'm trying to solve, like wildfires. I mean, I'm hopeful that all of the rain that's happening right now in the Pacific Northwest, you know, if there was giant rain barrels in them, their woods and the far off distance, think of all that rain that would be collecting so that if it gets dry in August and September, bam, not a problem. But no. Um, so, you know, these are the kinds of ideas um clever marketing things like I'm all about a clever turn of phrase big fan of that like you know filibuster I mean come on have you ever heard that before no um I have a a client of mine food for fosters you should check them out uh what they do is they make sure that dogs in foster care are getting the food that they need so that they can be well-fed and healthy so that they are more adoptable, especially these dogs that are in long-term foster that maybe have behavioral issues um, because some dogs, uh, because of past traumas, you know, they're not going to work with certain personalities. Maybe they're elderly or they have special needs or whatever it is. And so these dogs stay in these shelters for a long time and they've got to feed them. So anyway, food for fosters. I did a whole series of uh, things for them, like um, um, I did one, away in mangy, no crib or a bed. And then I said, be wise, give a gift. I mean, that's clever, right? I know, I'm tooting my own horn right now. Um, So all of that is leading me to say I'm manifesting the idea of writing a book. My mother has been telling me for years I should write a book. I always thought it was her polite way of saying, be quiet. (laughs) Write it down. (laughs) Um, For years, I've had this idea of writing something like Irma Bombeck, which I'm totally dating myself. And there may be people that are listening out there that know who I am talking about. Most people probably don't. She was a um, a humorist, an essayist, you know, I don't know, somebody that wrote commentary um, and really did a lot of edutaining of people. I think she coined the phrase like, um, if life is a bowl of cherries, how come I'm always in the pits? So I am like, okay, I need to start doing this. I need to start writing all of my Stacyisms down, sharing the stories, sharing my wisdom, and then, by God, I'm going to be huge. Hopefully, that does not mean size. <laughs> um, it is all about that manifesting piece. I have decided that it's time to stop pretending like I don't have things to say. It is time to share them and invite people behind the brain. It's a scary place. Okay, 
Eric. Yes. All of that said, I'll take a sip of my Diet Coke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> any questions about any of it? Uh, no. no. I mean, you're you're making good sense to me, really. Yeah. Uh, first time I've heard Irma Bombeck uh, name dropped in a while, but uh, right. Do you know yeah. who she is? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, she was still pretty popular when I was growing up. I okay. didn't necessarily read her columns or books, but no. I recognized the name for sure. Right. Yeah. She just, um, you know, I just like the idea of like the everyday person having a perspective that resonates with people like to remember uh, Robert Fulgham who did a whole series of books in the early 90s like um, he did um, um, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten Mm -hmm. and it was on fire when I laid down on it Um, another series of like essays that were a form of again edutainment a little educational entertaining Um, I guess I like that idea that you don't need to be, you don't need to have access to all the people that like Oprah has access to, or you don't need to be somebody that has a degree in something to have emotional intelligence. You don't have to be um, a TEDx speaker to have a point of view and be articulate. So I'm sort of like, all right. Um, why not me? Right? Uh, yeah. So, all right. I'm going to contemplate that during the short break, and then we'll come back, and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. We'll find out when we come back. Don't ask me to talk. Are you stuck in a creative straitjacket, going crazy, trying to find a different way out, exhausted from trying to make old ideas feel fresh and relevant? Popcorn and Noodle is a boutique agency that specializes in popcorning new ideas and noodling on existing ones for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Whether it's ideas about what to name a new venture, how to promote your services, or which direction to consider next, Popcorn and Noodle serves ideas that pop and stick. Don't go crazy. Go to popcornandnoodleideas.com. Creative solutions serve daily. Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. You know, I'm glad that I listened to my commercial that, uh, Eric, you produced for me. And um, 
I haven't listened to it a long time because normally I'm chit-chatting with the guest or, right. you know, whatever. And so I don't hear it. And I'm like, oh, listen to me. Interesting references that I used. <laughs> You're thinking somebody should hire that lady. Right? Because <laughs> like, it, it sounds pretty good. It does sound pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, like and Talented. I love the fact that, well, so the Winston Wolf thing came because uh, a friend of mine was like, man, you always just seem to fix things. And it's like you'll give an idea and, you know, and then we botch it up and then you'll come in and it's just like done. It's taken care of. And I'm like, all right, he's kind of a, like, that's kind of a cool thing from Pulp Fiction. Like, you know, I'm a fixer, but like with less muscle and no bloodshed and and whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully nobody's getting killed. (laughs) Nobody's getting killed. I mean, as far as I know, Um, not on my watch. And you made me chuckle talking about uh, the practicality of Dr. Ruth. But I'm like, Dr. Ruth, is she still alive? I was gonna I say, believe that she passed. Okay, because I was going to say was, but I wasn't sure. Um, she was a practical gal when it came to talking about sex. Like, it oh, wasn't. No, she's still, still alive. She's so still alive? I'm sorry, Dr. Ruth. Oh, Age man. 93 years old. Wow. I wonder if she's still talking about it. Does it oh, say I'm if sure. She's, uh, well, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but I, I always loved the fact that, you know, you would hear her on these shows and especially... Uh, when she was really popular when I was like a teenager and she'd be talking about these things with that accent of hers and like no fuss, no muss. Like it's like we're just talking the facts. We don't need to to get all skittish or freaked out or whatever it is. Like Very let's just... frank but clinical. Right? Yeah. I don't know that I'm clinical. I am frank. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's my other reference that I make? Oh, Jimmy Fallon. Like, I like his games and things that he does, um, but I can't decide with the whole late night thing who's genuine and who's not. Hmm. So I used to now see this is the tangent that I'm on. So there is um, Jimmy Fallon, obviously, and Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. and um, James Corden. Yep. Now. And Stephen Colbert. Well, Stephen Colbert, he I just adore. I he is like a nice, articulate, smart, curious man, mom. He's Catholic. Um, he asks intelligent questions. He's funny. I I mean, he's, to me, like not in that category. Okay. He, he, yeah, he is a cut above everybody else, I think. Yeah. Like I just, you know, I just consider him in a league of his own. Yeah. So then James Corden... Used to love him. Something shifted on his show. He's bringing in his staff a lot more, which I have nothing against. Um, but he's getting a lot of hate. Hmm. Um, he's done some sketches, like when he does the carpool karaoke and those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, he has been associated with so many different musicals. Um, Cats. Uh, he was in the... Um, prom, the movie that they made for Netflix, I think. Um, he just seems to be in all of these things. So there was like apparently in a petition that um, they're remaking or they're doing Wicked. And there was a petition to have him not be a part of it. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. Jeez. <laughs> right? Um, but I keep hearing that 
he is not the fun-loving, affable guy that he purports to be. I think if you're working that much, you probably get cranky on that. <laughs> you're I, not getting enough sleep. Right? Who knows? And then um, Jimmy Fallon, I he, I really like. I think he, you know, I can't decide. He calls everybody buddy and pal and, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's a great way if you don't know who anybody's name is, um, you know, or you're just trying to keep it easy on yourself. Um but he seems like he has a pretty good rapport with everyone. And I loved when the pandemic hit and he shifted and he was doing his show from home. And he had his two little girls like doing the graphics, if you will, like pictures that they drew. And he had his wife, you know, recording off of her phone for a bit. And I loved the kind of MacGyverish approach that he had to doing the show. Um, so for me, he's a throwback to like the old Hollywood of like the show must go on. Um, now Jimmy Kimmel, I never really appreciated him until the past several years. He's very funny and watching him talk about something he cares about. He, on his show last night, uh, started his show with a very moving tribute to Bob Saget, who passed away way too early at 65. Um, And his tribute was just lovely. And to have a man who's supposed to be entertaining and light and, you know, irreverent and all of these things, openly cry and be emotional on TV, that's powerful stuff. Um, Having people show their vulnerability. I think that's pretty cool. Um, And he also um, has a son that had issues when he was born and had some health issues. And he's not afraid to say what he thinks um, and has some fun with it. So, yeah. So, you know, my commercial about my late night talk show host, you know, it's like you just want to talk about things. But I like it being unscripted because when you go on those shows, they have the – Probably like a producer that's like, all right, so what do you want to talk about? All right, you're here to promote your movie. Um, What story do you want to tell? Well, I mowed my lawn recently. You know, great. Let's talk about mowing your lawn. It's winter. Uh, Classic talk show bit. (laughs) About mowing your (laughs) lawn? About mowing your lawn. You know that I could do something about it, though. (laughs) All the stars go in there to promote lawn care. Well, I'm just saying maybe it's Bob Villa. But they... But you you do know what I'm talking about. Like, they promote something, right? And yes. then it's like, what anecdote do you want to tell? Right. That do you, you have haven't... a good story to share? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, what are you going to tell? Like, well, I was mowing my lawn, and, you know, lo and behold, one of those buses came by, and everybody was like, look, the stars, they're just like us. I mean, I'm right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um But there's just that bit, and I, I'm not so good at the whole scripted thing. Which leads me to the fact that I've been talking for the past hour nonstop. (laughs) I love that you're just like chuckling about it. Um, So that said, I, as I mentioned last week, I am, I have guests for the next few weeks. I would love to invite people to come on the show 
and to what do you want to talk about? What are the things that you're curious about? I mentioned that, you know, I get curious about things and I'm not afraid to ask questions. Uh, I feel like Mr. Rogers, who are the people in your neighborhood? The people that you meet when you're walking down the street, the people that you meet each day. Um, the Wicked you, Witch of the West. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's there's just people um, that are interesting, and I would love to have the conversations. And so, you know, for the 11 of you that are listening, um, each one of you has a story, and I would love to hear more about it. So I would encourage you, call into the show. It's a little late today. Um but you can also find me through Stacy Connects. Again, it's StacyConnects.com. Um, My email is very simple, Stacy at StacyConnects.com. Um, what do you want to talk about? What's the elephant in the room? What's the thing you're curious about? What do you want to hear more of? Who are the kinds of guests that you like to have on? Do you like it when people are promoting their businesses or their products? Do you like when you're just hearing um, me chit chat with people. Do you want to be edutained? Um, or do you want me to just be quiet? I mean, honestly, that's a whole option too. Um, it would be a bummer. I'd have to do therapy, but it's still an option. Um, so I just really want to encourage people that listen to the show to reach out and let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. Let me know what you want to learn about. I loved, for instance, the episode that I did with uh, Kenny Fletcher. He is uh, Paper Tiger Coffee uh, Roasters and the work that he does with the organizations up there where he is in Vancouver or down there. I don't know my geography in Washington. Um, the episode that I did more recently with Jessica Ross talking about ADHD, I definitely plan to have her come back on because I think it's so enlightening for people to understand what a brain with ADHD looks like. Um, Busy Riley, my naturopathic doctor, I love. She's got a little Dr. Ruth in her as well. She is willing to talk very frankly and clinically about things that we all go through but with an approach that is very comfortable. So anyway, uh, these are the things that I want to listen to, and hopefully you want to listen to them too. And um, I encourage you to reach out and let's interact. In the meantime, I honestly, I don't remember who my guest is for next week. Not going to lie. Uh, but I will have one. And so in the meantime, remember to text D-A-M-T-T to 55678. Remember to reach me through my website, stacyconnects.com, and remember to stay connected, but not too close. Maybe we can get Dr. Ruth on the show. Let's do Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. It's too late for Margaret Hamilton, but it's not too late for Dr. Ruth. <laughs> okay, goals. This is what I'm going to work on this week. Thanks, Eric. Yeah.